Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are, of course, your humble, happy host, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Listen, guys, Julie and I love the feedback that you've been giving on giving us on the radio shows. I know a lot of you are new listeners, and remember, you can listen to all the past podcasts, not only on iTunes, not only on Inman, not only on all the other, you know, Stitcher and all the other places we syndicate, but also remember to go to realestatecoachingradio.com, realestatecoachingradio, if you want to catch up on your listing, they're available for you to listen to anytime. They're completely free. There are literally hundreds of past shows, shows containing information like what we're presenting today, um, and also uh, superstar interviews, just all kinds of cool stuff that I think you guys will find very valuable in your real estate careers. Julie, welcome back to the radio show. Thank you. It's going to be fun to continue this very interesting topic that we have decided to dive into. And a lot of interesting comments and questions about our foray into the discussion about ego. So I'm looking forward to jumping back in. We started to present this yesterday, which points uh, one through three. So today we'll jump into number four whenever you're ready. Well- Our goal from doing this, guys, is to educate you on a topic that is right now on the fringe of the personal development conversation. A lot of you guys um, are big readers of, you know, uh, mindset books, and you like listening to motivational speakers and all the rest of it. You guys are kind of, you know, junkies in that way that you like to receive that type of information. Well, what you're going to start seeing is the fact that pretty much all roads lead back to ego. Now, what do I mean about that? Pretty much, if you really think about it, All the problems that people experience in life all are rooted in essentially an unchecked, unbridled ego. And unfortunately, we don't have a way of clearly identifying when our ego is out of check, or we don't have a way of necessarily understanding even what the concept means. Because concept, the concept of ego in the United States is, okay, that person is, you know, they always want to be the center of attention. They walk around with their nose up in the air. They, so we have sort of all these little basic understandings of what ego is. But really what we're doing on this podcast, trying to do on this series about ego, is show you guys that it's much more profound than that. It's much more profound than just the superficial. And once you really start listening to the points that we're making and be introspective about maybe if these points apply to you or not, you will start, I think, I remember when I first started studying this, guys, it was, I was in my 20s. I just picked up some little you know, books here and there, and I didn't understand the concept. Napoleon Hill talks about it in Think and Grow Rich. I mean, even if you, like, you know, if you read the Bible, the Old Testament, they talk about what might be ego. All those types of things kind of sprinkle in. And I didn't quite put the pieces together. Where I actually started understanding ego clearly um, and the detrimental effect it had and occasionally it had on my life is when I started coaching. Because then I started seeing people that were good people, had good intentions, had their heads mostly screwed on straight, and yet they kept on going through these destructive, productive cycles in their life. They'd go from, you know, essentially they'd go from like a spiritual or financial feast to famine. And I needed to understand more about how to help those people, and that's what got me originally on this path. Julie as well. And so when we're delivering this information to you guys, we're doing it with the intent of truly trying to be of service to you, truly trying to help you. And again, all I ask is that you don't allow the fact that this is a new, probably in some cases, uncomfortable topic. Please don't allow that 
that uncomfortable feeling to make it so that you don't listen and you don't engage. Uh, because if you do, I promise you, this can be the single most important personal development thing that you'll ever do in your life. Julie, am I overselling it? No, absolutely not, because it's prevalent in each and everything that you do, all of the actions that you take. It's how you run your day. It's how you respond to people. It's how you respond in stress and during conflict. You know, it's how the world perceives you even. So this runs through. It's it's like the, the uh, branches that run from the tree. It touches everything. So Yesterday we started talking about how your ego wants to keep you broke, which seems a little bit counterintuitive, but as we go through these points, hopefully you guys will understand what we're talking about. Point number four, you're broke because your ego doesn't want you to take ownership of your life, not owning the outcome. Ego loves to blame something external. Whenever your reaction is, it's not my fault, I couldn't do it, or I didn't do it because of this, or it's, you know, it's because of that person did this to me, that's your ego keeping you broken, not allowing you to take ownership of your life. The ego says it's not their fault. It's my spouse's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's the market's fault. It's the White House's fault. It's anybody's fault but yours. It's not taking ownership. So note to self, whenever you don't take ownership, it's your ego keeping you broke. What do you do about it? The, the uh, application is to reframe everything so that it is your fault even when maybe it's not really, decide that you're going to take ownership and you're going to make it your fault. Drill down on how you created your reality. So, yeah, your market might be shifting. You didn't cause that. You know, yeah, technically that's not your fault. But you blaming your market change is your fault, okay? Not taking action is your fault. A deal going sideways, it probably is your fault. There's probably something you could have done to save that. Not making the income that supports your goals and the needs of your family, guess what? That goes back to you. So whenever you avoid that, it's your ego keeping you broke. Your ego Avoiding. doesn't want you to be successful. The essence of the point, guys, is own everything. Like, say, for example, to Julie's point, let's say, for example, you're involved in some you know, minor fender bender. Somebody pulls into you while you're in the parking lot. You were in the store and someone pulled into you. Totally and completely not your fault. You're out there. The person's saying, I'm sorry I pulled into your car. You know, a little bit of damage, no big deal. I want you to still, at least for the sake of basically understanding this point, conceptually say, hey, you know what, this is my fault. How could something that's so obviously not in your control, you know, this is what the ego will tell you, how could that possibly be your fault? Well, here's the answer. Because you chose to go to the store at that time, you chose to park where you chose to park, you chose to, you know, all of that. So you actually did put yourself in a position where that little fender, minor fender bender actually occurred. So if you start looking at all the things that you are feeling a, uh, a victim over, all the things that maybe, like my little example there, or maybe something, a deal, as Julie said, somebody wronged you in a real estate transaction, or somebody punched you, or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you allow yourself just mentally to say, it's my fault, I created that, and then, and then that, what that does is it disengages the victim mentality that the ego loves. Culturally right now, Politically, right now, this will resonate with all of you, it's all about not being your fault. You are, uh, you are suffering in this way or that way because somebody's doing it to you. In other words, it's not your fault. Vote for me. Or we need more of this or less of that. That's all a manifestation of ego. You guys see how this is a very profound thing? Because if you start saying it is all my fault, 
My situation is my fault. My financial situation is my fault. The hardships I've had in my life in the past are my fault. I know not in every case does it logically make sense, but what it does is it breaks that barrier. It breaks down the BS ego, and so then all of a sudden you're starting to realize that you do have control opposed to feeling like a victim. See, the word victim is the very definition of not having control. As soon as you allow yourself to be labeled as a victim in any way, you are all of a sudden basically going to allow yourself to start rowing slowly down the river of ego. And guess what? That boat never comes into dock. You're going to be on that thing forever. So challenge yourself to shift your thinking. By the way, Julia, before we forget, because I know the next point you and I are going to really want to drill down on, if you have yet to do so, you guys need to scroll down and fill out that form. Name, phone number, email. When you do, you're going to get a call back from our, someone from our staff. They're going to tell you about the coaching program that pretty much everyone's talking about. It's only $99 a month when you use the student approval program. Student approval program literally means that every single one of you are already pre-approved to be part of this coaching program. And it's a real coaching program. You get four semi-private coaching calls per month, and you then get one self-scheduled coaching call per month. In other words, you schedule your call, your one-on-one call with your coach around your schedule every single month. Just by completing the form, we're going to give you those six free books. So go ahead and do that while you're still thinking about it. It's absolutely positively the perfect continuation of everything you're learning on this podcast. So do that now, and if you're on your uh, desktop, go to tryharris.com. Julie, point number five. Five. Point number five, your ego doesn't want you to appear ignorant. It wants you to rely on others for how you should feel, think, act, look, like, and, again, how you should feel. Your ego is the know-it-all. It likes to come off that way. That's why sometimes, consciously or subconsciously, and sometimes even this comes out of your mouth, I already know this stuff. I can do it better. When are you going to get to the real content? Sometimes we run into this with coaching clients who are usually more on the grizzled veteran end of the spectrum where they'll say to their coach, well, hang on a second. I mean, I've heard about this whole thing for years. I've heard about prospecting. I've heard about talking to expireds. Give me something new. Give me something different. I already know it all. To which the coach says, I don't care if you really know it all. What are you doing about it? And the ego reacts, well, I mean, give me something new. This is, you know, I've known this for years. Well, that doesn't matter. What are you doing to monetize it? Your, your ego wants you to come off like you already know it all. It doesn't like you seeming to be ignorant. It gives you an ego reaction when somebody says something like that to you. So whenever, note to self, again, we're all about what do you do about this, okay? It's nice to learn about ego, but how do you implement this? Whenever you hear yourself internally or externally saying, I already know all that. I've heard that before. This is just the same old stuff. That's your ego. Your ego wants you to be broke. Your ego doesn't want you to learn anything new. Your ego doesn't want you to be coachable. It wants you to be in control. You need to stop that and say, you know what? That's my ego wanting to be in control, wanting to keep me broke and ignorant. What would happen if I said, you know what? I have heard that before. Maybe that's because it always works when I implement it. Maybe I'm saying, oh, I already know all that because I want to avoid the accountability of doing anything about it. That's what a good coach will bring out. And not beat on you and make you feel bad about it, but figure out how you're going to work through that so that you can monetize what it is that you are avoiding by saying, well, I already know everything. Well, but expand on that, that right? 
when you got mm-hmm. when you guys find yourself going to a bunch of different places for information, oh my gosh, is there lots of places where information lies, not all of it very good, right? So if you guys go to Facebook and all these other places and then you go to real estate seminars and then you go to see this speaker and that speaker, that's your ego. That's your ego wanting you not to commit. That's your ego wanting you to basically continue to get more and more ideas, more and more shiny objects, more and more red, you know, easy button kind of things. That's what your ego does. It doesn't want you to fully commit. It wants you to be a liberty chibot. It wants you to bounce around. It doesn't want you to actually cut through the BS and start to drill down and get actual work done. That applies to pretty much all of you guys listening, doesn't it? All right, Julie, next point is point number six. Seven. Seven. Uh, Six? Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Number six, your ego wants you to be fearful. The fearful ego loves to speak in fear language. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? What if I make a mistake? What if they make me uncomfortable? What if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? This is very interesting from a coaching standpoint because we hear this a lot. We have a rule with our coaching organization that when we're coaching agents and they come up with this stuff, we have to call them out on that. You can't be fearful of stuff that you don't have any factual data on. Otherwise, you're just making up stories. This comes out with prospecting primarily. What if they ask me something I don't know how to handle? What if they close the door in my face? What if they hang up on me? Fear, fear, fear. Well, so what? What if they did hang up on you? I always remind coaching clients, you guys have the power to hang up also. Somebody's being obnoxious with you, act like you got disconnected. But the fearful ego loves to convince you that you shouldn't be doing anything, you shouldn't be taking any action because something bad might happen. You might be uncomfortable. What if you say the wrong thing? What if you do something wrong? Well, that's just all completely 100% fabrication made up baloney. That's your fearful ego speaking. So the cure for that is to ask yourself, do I have any actual information on this? Is it true? Is it really true? How am I acting because I believe it's true? What if it wasn't true? What would I be taking action on if I wasn't acting so fearful? Julie, go back and say Fear those three things again. You. Yeah. Go back and say, well, so when you guys, well, well, break it down. Make it practical, right? So when you have a fear... When you're fearful of anything, and by the way, we got this from Deepak Chopra, when you have fear of anything, because fear is a manifestation of ego. I know that's a crazy concept. Tim, all these kinds of fears. But let's talk about, let's talk about fear, and then Julie's going to say those three points again. There are really two kinds of fears. There's physical fears and there's psychological fears. So both of the fears, both of the types of fears, they manifest the same feeling inside of us. They all release the same endorphins and all the rest of it. Physiologically, it feels the same, whether it's psychological fear or whether it's physical fear. Define both. Physical fear is when something physically is going to get you. Okay, you know, it could be you accidentally slip off the curb uh, when you're walking in Manhattan and you just barely miss a cab, you know, making you a smear on the road. It could be something you're hiking in the, you know, the the mountains someplace and some grizzly bear chases you down, something horrible. You're surfing in some shark track. You guys see how the physical fear, that's the, now psychological fear is the fear that all of us feel on an ongoing basis. Psychological fear is the fear that basically nothing really physical physically is going to happen to us from the psychological fear, fear of rejection, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of, you know, more practically speaking, fear of actually picking up the phone and having a conversation that makes you uncomfortable. In other words, fear of if they reject you and what if they ask you this question, that question, all these other things. That's psychological fear. So there's two defined fears, but here's the interesting thing. Physical fear 
That's real, okay? If you're, you know, surfing in the Pacific Ocean and some great white decides to, you know, take a nibble out of your surfboard and your leg just moves just in time, okay, that was legitimate fear. That's real fear. The psychological fear is a manifestation of ego. There's the difference. And so what most of us experience, thank God, in our lives, when we do feel fear, it's psychological fear. It's not physical fear. So if you can define the two and understand the difference, again, that then exposes your ego. You start to see it. You, as a, as a goal, as a personal improvement, you know, achievement type goal, start removing yourself or start at least being able to see the ego as it is. Look at it for what it is. It's a th- don't have it, don't just assume that you can't, the word might be transcend the ego. You want to make it so your ego is something you can see. You can physically feel it when it's trying to manifest its control in your life. That is the goal. That is, we're hoping to plan enough, uh, seeds with you guys that these thoughts will start to grow into other things and you guys will then will start doing some of this own uh, your, your your continued research about this on your on your own and obviously we talk about this in the coaching program too so so julie the the fear you know your ego wants you to be fearful that's definitely true but point number seven and this one's also interesting is your ego wants you to be complacent tell the listeners about that yeah, so the, your ego wants you to do nothing all the time because it's more comfortable doing nothing than doing something. The comfort zone ego says, okay, we're good, we're cool, we're happy with the way things are. It's not really why, but it's not really what I had planned, but we're good, we're okay. Staying in the comfort zone is not going to keep, is not going to help you, and it's not going to help anybody else. So comfort zone ego says, don't need to take any action, we're good, we're happy. You know, it's not learning it's not changing it's not reading it's not moving your ego doesn't want you to move ahead it doesn't want any new thoughts it's comfortable with today's thoughts which were yesterday's thoughts and the day before's thoughts so note to self when you have that conscious or subconscious thought no i i just want to stay where i'm at i'm just comfortable even though where you are obviously you're not that comfortable with it or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast you wouldn't be part of our coaching essentials program right if you were totally cool with that, when you have your right mind in place and your ego's not running the show, you know in your heart of hearts that you're not comfortable with where things are, and that's okay. But your ego is always trying to get you right back to that, even if it doesn't make any sense. Some of you guys are comfortable being broke because it's, being, it's been a habit. Some of you are comfortable being broke some of the time because you've convinced yourself that being a commissioned salesperson, it's the lifestyle of feast and famine. And some of our grizzled veterans are comfortable having a lot of drama all the time because they've convinced themselves that's what it takes to do the deals required to have the life that they want to have. It's all the same thing. Your ego trying to be com- keep you complacent and not have you actually take action. The surefire, so, compla- yeah, go the ahead. surefire complacency test, guys, is how much – and I know this is this – is, I say this at the same time I had a thought pop in my mind. You know, It's how often you are actually going out of your way to learn something new. How often you're actually reading or listening to, as Julie and I do, books. You know, there's been a bunch of different studies that have shown something to the effect of 90% of all adults never, like, complete another book after they, you know, reach grade 11 or whatever it is. I mean, there's something crazy. Yeah, so people stop. That tells you right there that people get stuck in these little, you know, Julie and I call them golden cages, right? You know, you guys have, for the most part, compared to other places in the world, really great lifestyles. So it's not the worst thing ever. You know, they said that uh, somebody who's basically uh, essentially totally dependent on the government nowadays has a better lifestyle than, like, the kings did in the, you know, of, of England, you know, running water, proper medical care, the whole thing. So really, for the most part, we've 
got it pretty good in the United States. And so what happens is, guys, is you get stuck in these ruts where you stop learning, you stop challenging yourself. And I'll tell you the manifestation of that way of thinking. Look how, uh, look how basically the media has become obviously liberal or obviously conservative. Well, it's trying to appeal to people that basically are like that. If people think in a certain way, liberally minded, let's say, or progressive, whatever you want to call it, well, they're going to watch MSNBC. They're probably going to watch CNN. They're going to read certain websites. They're going to look for constant reinforcement for their mindset. They're not looking to change. They're just looking to have it more validated. They want to feel like they're part of something. I'm a progressive. All of a sudden, that's a label people give themselves. Or I'm a Republican. That's a label they give themselves. And so, guys, that is all ego. The surefire sign that you are stuck in a rut as far as being complacent is what you're reading, what you're listening to, what you're challenging yourself with. Challenge yourself to do this. Go and have take one of your opinions, something that you hold to be true. And then I want you to see it the best you can from the opposite perspective. So the ability to hold two competing thoughts in your mind at the same time is your surefire sign of intelligence. Now, it's difficult to do if you've been in this complacent mode of thinking like you think, you know, for as long as you can remember. But do it. It is refreshing. It will it'll be a little painful at first. Now, here's a, here's a little interesting thing. Right now, think of something that you absolutely positively you know is true. You absolutely, positively know that this is right or this is wrong. There's no gray area. You all have something like that, whatever it is. Think of that thought. Now, I want you now to challenge yourself to think about it from the exact opposite perspective, that the exact opposite perspective of how you think is actually the right way to think. Okay? You can't do it. It's very difficult. It's almost impossible. What's preventing you from shifting your mindset to think about things from a, a, a different opposite perspective? That's your ego. That resistance that you're feeling right now is literally your ego wanting you to stay the same, wanting you to stay complacent. You see that? You guys have just had possibly in your adult lives the first you know, moment where you actually can label a specific feeling and knowing what it is. It's interesting, isn't it? That's it right there, that resistance, not wanting to actually think of the opposite perspective on whatever this thing you hold to be true is. Now, it doesn't mean you have to change your opinion. I'm certainly not suggesting that. All I'm doing that exercise for, the purpose of it, is so that you can recognize the fact that, guess what, your ego doesn't want you to change. It wants you to live the same life. It wants you to live in the same town. There was research, and again, you guys can find all this online, that a vast majority of Americans live and die within the same, like, 20-mile radius at the exact same spot. How many of you listening right now have actually lived or living now in a place different from where you grew up, I pretty much guarantee you, 90% of you, if not more, are living in the same place you were born. Well, why? Have you ever thought about that? How, when was the last time any of you guys traveled for the summer, if you take summer vacations, to a place other than the same place? Why? It's interesting. So that's the ego wanting you guys to stay the same. I had a coaching call this morning, Julie, um, 
with Jerry and June, and I won't say their last name, but with Jerry and June, and they are telling me that they felt, feel like their days go by too fast. And that's just something people say, right? People say that all the time. I don't know where the time went. You know, I'm this year's old, and I don't know where the last two decades went. And that's just something we've all gotten used to saying. We think it's normal. But, guys, the ego makes it so that time goes fast because what happens is you lose the sense of presence. You lose the sense of now when you are thinking about the future, when you are thinking about the past. In other words, when you're not connected to the present moment. And a lot of that is all part and parcel of the ego wanting you to be complacent. Julie, is this too obtuse, or do you think we're hitting, the, hitting at least a couple cylinders? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I I hear from the coaches often that some of our coaching clients, and you guys probably know who you are, suffer from what we call lack of exposure. So you live in fear of, just to keep it practical, you don't like to go on listing presentations that are out of your geographical sphere or out of your comfort zone in terms of price. Generally, coaching clients don't are get uncomfortable listing anything that costs more than their own home, for example. Okay, yep. That's lack of exposure. They get nervous about even considering going to Europe because they've never been to Europe, because they don't know anybody that's going to Europe, so they're just going to go to Florida again. It's lack of exposure. So thinking bigger is a great foil to having an ego that's trying to hold you back. I, and, you know, it's funny, I have a great coaching story about that, that I was working with this with a gal one time, and we're working on goal setting and having this discussion of lack of exposure. And we talked about, well, how do you know what you like? And I suggested that maybe she go to Barnes & Noble and get out any magazine that has any interest of, uh, to her whatsoever, exercise, travel, fashion, whatever it might be. You know what she said? What's Barnes & Noble? That's oh lack my. of exposure. <laughs> okay. So it happens on different levels to different people. And that was of course, you know, Julie. They've been, of course, you know, Julie. They've been closing Barnes and Noble all over the country. I know, so, so I can't use that probably next year. But yeah, no, you can't use that probably next year, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, I should mean, have said Amazon, but you know, there you are. <laughs> so we promise to give these guys, and I don't have anything at the top of my head. Hopefully, you do. We promise to give these guys some uh, takeaway so they can continue this ego conversation off the podcast. What would you suggest that they do? Anything oh, in particular, uh, book? Yeah, last time we suggested The Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. So if you have not yet found that audio book or ordered that book from Amazon, that's a great recommendation from last week's podcast. Anything from Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, would be good to listen to and expose yourself to. And just pick up a few new thoughts. We've been, think, we've been talking about how you get stuck doing the same thing over and over. That's a manifestation of your ego. So anything from Eckhart, and I think it's E-C-K-H-A-R-T, T-O-L-L-E is his last name. That would be good recommended listening. And then go through these previous points and ask yourself, how often do I fall into these things? How often do I roll my eyes at some you know, event that I go to or something I read online or what my coach is telling me and go, oh, I've already heard that before. This is nothing new. That's your ego. How often do you say to yourself, well, I want to do that. That makes me uncomfortable. That's your ego. How often are you blaming other people? It's your ego. How often are you trying to skip steps? That's the easy button ego. So go through and hold yourself a little bit responsible and accountable. Be introspective and say, all right, each of these points from the two podcasts I've listened to have not just said what the point is, but also said what to do about it. How do I get out of my own way? Maybe I've never thought of myself as having an ego before, but when I look at it in this light, now I see, gosh, you know what? Sometimes I do fall into that. And maybe I'm not taking action just because I've heard it so many times that I've rejected it. 
maybe I need to realize that I've heard a lot of this stuff at the same time because it works, because it's right, because it's proven. Hmm, maybe what I'm really avoiding is accountability. And that's okay. That's why we, that's, I always say, that's why God created coaching, right? So somebody can help you through this and you don't have to struggle on your own. Make sense, Tim? It does. You know, Julie, I really, if there's one lesson, and we, you and I have a lot of things that we, we sincerely feel will help other people that we pass along, but I cannot, just for everything, I mean, all the different, you know, systems and all the different scripts and all the different, you know, practical, taxable things we share with you guys, this is probably the most important Truthfully, this is the most important because, you know, I'll give you an example. And Julie, that was a great coaching story. We have coaching clients, guys, that will join the coaching program, you know, and they won't, they'll apply like 25% of it, right? So why don't they apply all of it? Why don't they actually completely, you know, and totally deep dive? Because it's, you know, it's proven to work. We know it works. We, you guys just can see the testimonials. We have, you know, dozens and dozens of students have sent us in great video testimonials saying it works. So, so if you're a student, okay, and you're finding yourself still using your listing presentation or your pre-listing pack or, you know, you're not actually following what your coach says, you need to recognize the fact that you are designing, you are intentionally holding yourself back. You, you know, or at least you have a, a high level of certainty that what we ask you and suggest you do works, right? You, you know that or you wouldn't have joined the program. A high level of certainty. Yeah, there's a little skepticism and you have to look at it and feel it and understand it. I get that. And yet, you still don't apply it at the level in which you know you could. You've got to see that for what it is. That's your ego not wanting you to break out of the, you know, essentially being complacent. That's your ego not wanting you to learn something new. That's your ego not wanting you to challenge what you believe to be true. Oh, I'm a by referral only person. That's all I do. I, you know, I only work by referral. You don't say, okay, you know what? Working referrals is a great thing. It's not and can't be the only thing. But sometimes you'll hear people say, sorry, not interested in whatever you have to say. This is my box. This is the box in which I live, and this is the box in which I'll be buried. And do not attack my box. Guys, that's where the ego is preventing you from growing. So listen, we're going to continue this conversation tomorrow on the radio. In the meantime, if you have any questions for us, obviously email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, and of course the lovely Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Email us anytime for any reason. We're always here to help. And We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.